good morning, 739 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's the Pensacola Morning News. And uh, Mike Wood is the public information officer for the Pensacola Police Department, joins us every Thursday. Hey, Mike, welcome back, sir. Good morning. Good morning. So we talked about this yesterday with Mayor Reeves, but he had said during his press conference on Tuesday that when he first saw the uh, what I will call the eighth generation plumber's van, that the SWAT team uses to show up to tactical response in. He said it was one of the more embarrassing moments of his uh, early mayoralty. Um, I assume that the SWAT guys and the rest of the force are pretty excited about the prospect of upgrading to something less 1970s. Yeah, you know, we're we're both excited and thankful for the way that uh, Mayor Reeves has come in. And, uh, you know, a big part of his campaign was public safety, and he's hit the ground showing that he meant every word of that. He's come in listening to us, uh, you know, over over many years, at least 10 years. I know that Lieutenant Austin, Deputy Chief Chrisman, Captain Coverdale, and now Lieutenant Fox, all of these SWAT commanders have tried for over 10 years to get an armored vehicle. When you call SWAT, you need them right now, and you need them to bring everything they have, and that stuff needs to work and work the way it was designed to. And that van that you're speaking of is is uh, subpar as being nice. Um, <laughs> I, I feel it, bad calling it a plumber's van because I feel like when I, I feel bad calling it a plumber's van because I feel like I'm insulting the plumbers by saying that would be good enough for them because it would not. Well, you know, the police, the Pensacola Police Department, and specifically SWAT, is going to do whatever they have to do right. uh, to get the job done. And that's, you know, that's what they had to use. That's what they have to use if something happened today. Um, and they're going to go in there and they're going to do their job uh, with what they have. So we're excited and thankful about the prospect of getting an armored vehicle. No, that's fantastic. Do you have anything, uh, do you know specifically what you're looking to get? Is this uh, for military surplus, some other department uh, surplusing theirs? Are you commissioning something new or is that all still to be figured out? Well, it's all about money and our hope is to get a a armored vehicle that's designed for exactly what we needed to do, uh, not something from the military, uh, but it needs to be something that uh, will work for us in today's times with today's needs. Sure. And I, you know, one of the, somebody had texted me the other day and said, um, yeah, it's all fine and good to have these vehicles, but police, you know, sheriff's agencies, for example, that have them uh, often find that they sit unused because you don't get enough calls for them. Uh, and so, you know, maybe it's not a good use of the money because we don't need it that often. I have my own answer to that objection, but I wanted to give you a chance to answer that criticism. Well, when you're the SWAT officer that has to go in and make a rescue of an officer down or a citizen that's down, and you still have a uh, sniper on the roof of a building or inside of a structure that can shoot at you, uh, that that armored vehicle may sit for uh, weeks or months at a time, but when you need it, you need it. You need it to work, and you need it to do its job. And thank God that those things do have to sit. That's not something that we have to use every day. You, You want that to be like your concealed carry weapon, something you never have to use, but when you need it, it's there, right? That's, you know, that's the crucial thing. Uh, the mayor is also pushing for uh, two additional uh, CRA area officers in addition to the two that are already there. He quoted a stat that I thought was fascinating, that uh, though it's less than 5% of the total footprint of the city, A to 17th Cervantes to the water is something like 23% of the calls for service. Is that right? Yeah, well, there's a lot of people down here. There's a lot of businesses uh, there's a lot of tourists, so we want to make sure downtown Pensacola uh, remains vibrant and safe 
And that's what those officers are doing. They're down here looking at the problems and studying the problems and finding uh, solutions. And a lot of times those solutions come from thinking outside the box. So the addition of two more uh, can, do, can be nothing but good uh, for, for downtown Pensacola. Is the um, my perception of the camera system, the body camera, the in car, and everything else? My perception was that we were very much still on the cutting edge. We were the one of the earliest adopters of this system. We've now gone into our second generation of the body cameras. Uh, but again, one of the things that the mayor said he's going to do is push for a a kind of a revamp of that system, something that will automate it and make it so officers don't have to waste their time uploading and processing, and it'll you know automate their uh, activation of the cameras anytime that a gun's been drawn, they all in the area go on that kind of stuff. And so I guess this would be like our third generation of the system. Is that true? I mean, are, are we losing a lot of man hours and efficiency because even though we were ahead, we're not really a cutting edge anymore? Well, it used to be those that video had to be manually uploaded, and then if you just came within the parameters of the police department, it happened automatically sometimes. But, yes, that does take time. Um, and as far as the upgrades go, you know, every piece of equipment that, that people use in various types of, uh, of business, industry, and government uh, gets better in time, and this, that's the same with the body cameras. It's our policy that those cameras must be on anytime the officer is doing something police-related. But sometimes police-related activities happen in a fraction of a second. They might forget to turn it on because they had to defend themselves. And then you have no video. This new system will, will turn itself on uh, in certain situations. So it's just something that's going to improve uh, the equipment that we have and, and, and make sure that things like that don't happen. Uh, you know, when we see problems, we need to fix them, and that's part of And of even, I, as I understand, the high-quality nature of the video, which is maddening sometimes when you look at the body camera and you're really, even going frame by frame, it can sometimes be very difficult to make things out. I'm sure that will help uh, prosecutions and clarity and training and everything else as well. Sometimes it's helpful when the criminals help you, right? Yeah, you know, we're always thankful when the public helps us solve cases like this, but when the uh, suspect does, it's, it helps just as well. And uh, this individual went into the Sonovas Bank. She uh, put a note, gave a note to the teller demanding money and indicated that she had a firearm, and um, she left. But and she took the note and left, but she also left her cell phone there, which uh, was a great help to our investigators to find out who she was and, and later on in the day where to find her. I <laughs> just... I mean, it's a serious matter of bank robbery with a threat, but also, um, mm. <laughs> just, you know, that's, um, it, how much of the phone did y'all look through before? No, I won't ask. Anyway, uh, <laughs> other incriminating evidence. Um, another serious topic, this shooting that took place at Pelican's Nest back in June of uh, this past year, you guys made an arrest in that case, right? Yeah, you know, that was a, uh, some time ago. And, um, you know, even though those stories do leave the, eventually leave the media, they don't leave the desks of our investigators. They stay on them. And uh, we finally uh, were able to make an arrest in that case where five people were shot inside the Pelican's nest. So, yeah, that's good news. That's a, you know, and that's a good point, right? Like, just because we are not continually talking about it doesn't mean that you aren't continually working on it. And even when it's true of, like, homicides, I know you guys have, you know, homicides never go away. And, uh, you know, you might not hear about it from Oster Channel 3 for a while, but uh, the detectives are still working these cases. Uh, we always like to end. Well, anything else I haven't asked you about that you want to tell people about going on this week? No, that's it so far. Excellent. We'll take it. So uh, we always like to end with a, I don't know, a, is it true, a myth, a cop myth, or a did you know? You got something for me this week? 
Yeah, this is about uh, a suicide within law enforcement. And the last couple of days, we were uh, we, we went to training, and not just the sworn law enforcement officers, but everybody in the in the walls of the Pensacola Police Department had to attend this training. It was good training. It was about the spot. Uh, it's about how to spot folks that you work with that may be having issues uh, that could lead to something like suicide. And uh, so the training was really good. Uh, but you know, I just want people to understand that back in in 2022. There were 60 law enforcement officers uh, killed by gunfire in the United States, uh, but there were 181 that killed themselves. Uh. And, you know, that's, that's, yeah, three times as many. So it's a huge problem, and we've got to learn how to, you know, personally I would rather talk to somebody at the police department if I'm having issues, but I also know that the city and the police department has made available um, people that we can go talk to for free 24 hours a day uh, outside the police department that are professionals. Um, oh, and just, and by the way, in 2019, we all know, know what the mood was with police officers back in 2019. There were 248 oh. uh, that died, which was an increase of 31% since 2018. So uh, things are looking better, but 181 is way, way, way too many still. And, and you know, to me, that highlights the value of what Chief Leiter in, in, instigated with the having, as you mentioned, the counselors and the mandatory counseling. And, you know, you've you've told me that it was like, I don't want to do this. Oh, my God, that was really useful. <laughs> you know, it's um, the people who need it the most sometimes are the people who are the most reluctant to embrace it. But the value of that is uh, and as you said, of making you aware of what your brothers and sisters are going through and, you know, watching over them. That's all really good stuff. Mike Wood is the public information officer for the Pensacola Police Department. Mike, as always, thank you so much for what you do. I know we missed talking to you uh, on Law Enforcement Appreciation Day on Monday, but, you know, I appreciate you guys and, uh, you know, all of the work that you folks do to keep us safe. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you.